Welcome to The Do Zone, where real entrepreneurs share real strategies about getting things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. Tag me at JT Literally and show me what you do in The Do Zone. Every week, I'll pick the best posts to feature across all my social networks. This podcast is brought to you by Factor One. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur who's looking to hit seven this year, there are three key shifts you need to make right now in order for it to be possible. Go to imfactor1.com now, and I'll show you exactly what those three key shifts are and how you can get them set up for your business in less than six minutes. Once again, that's imfactor1.com. Today's guest is Kate Stillman, a pioneer in ancient meets modern health. Kate Stillman is the leader and CEO at Club Thrive and Wellness Pro Academy. The author of Body Thrive and Master of You, Uninflamed, is Kate's third and most edgy book. Kate, welcome to The Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Well, I mean, what's interesting about that question to me is like making sure we're doing the right stuff. Mm. Right. So it's like that step back of like, how do you know if you're doing the right stuff? So to me, it's like, how do you get to the highest level of thinking first? And so there's, I mean, there's a personality test that helps you realize where your like focus zone is and your sorting zone and your zoom out zone. So it's like, for me to make sure I'm doing the right stuff, I have to do something kinesthetic. Like I have to like go get on my mountain bike with a good question around like, you know, what is the most effective use of my time in the next three months? And then go for a bike ride and I'll get super clear on that. So I feel like it's kind of different for everyone. Well, well, what you really dialed in on is something that's going to help people get more stuff done is to understand, well, what is the next right thing to do? And yeah. that that really stands out to me because a lot of times in this hustle culture, yeah. We glorify people that are in constant motion, but yeah. if you're in constant motion going in the wrong direction. That's not going to help you. It's not going to help. It's not going to help. Yeah. So, so then once you know what it is that you're doing, I find visualization really helpful. I, I really find mental rehearsal. And I don't think that's something that someone might not have thought of. But they might not think of the power of using liminal thinking to do that. So the time before bed, the time when you wake up, like really programming that into, you know, where your conscious mind goes into your unconscious and so that you're visualizing yourself doing the things, doing the things, especially the hard things, especially the things that aren't in your zone of genius, things that are hard for you personally that need to get done. You've already determined they need to get done. That's the stuff that needs to get done. And you see yourself doing it and it's scheduled on your calendar the next day. Like just that repetitive nature of like, know what it is, see yourself doing it. It's scheduled on your calendar. Maybe in your project management tool, it's outlined what to do first, second, third. So you don't have to fucking think, right? You don't have to think because you've already, the, the map is laid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and visualization is so strong. And it's, it's one of those things that we don't think about because it requires that kind of abstract thought. And a lot of us are very concrete and logical thinkers. But seeing yourself actually performing something at a high level has concrete impacts on your performance. And, and that's been proven time and time again, if for those that follow Tim Grover and, and other uh, high-end coaches, mindset coaches for athletes, visualization is crucial to success at a high level. I'm, I'm curious if you have any just uh, additional thoughts to add to that. Yeah, I mean, the yogis have been doing it forever, right? I mean, if you look at really like what is the path of yoga, and I'm, I'm where ancient wisdom intersects 
you know, innovative culture, right? So it's like, what have we been doing for a long time? What has worked for us for a very, very long time? And we know that like simply like wiping the screen is good. So that's like the practice of meditation. Like just get out of your own way for a certain for a certain part of each day. Now, some people I think today can do that during movement. Like I think if you can go for a bike ride, you know, where you're not deciding like where you're gonna go, like you have, a, you have the route, you have the question, or you have just the intention of being blank, like you can, you can do a deep, deep mental reset that then enables whatever mental rehearsal you're putting onto that screen to be way more effective. And we've been doing that for a very long time. Maybe not at lower levels of IQ, but at higher levels of IQ, we've been doing that for a long time. And I'd say like anyone listening to this is trying to be more productive. You're trying to access as much of your IQ as you can. Hmm. And, and so you, you, you hit on a couple of things like what, what we've always done. And I'm curious, there's a topic that you love discussing and it's about the primal habits of humans and uh, just right behind me on my bookshelf for those of you who aren't watching I have a bookshelf behind me here and there's a book called Habits of a Happy Brain by Loretta Bruning uh, and this is a lady who spent 30 years observing the uh, behavior patterns of apes and wrote a book about it and how it relates to human beings and it's a topic I'm very passionate about and so I'm curious uh, when you say what are the primal habits of humans dive into that for us so that we understand better what that means and how it applies to us. Yeah. Yeah. So my first book body thrive was like 10 habits from Ayurveda and yoga. And then what I found from, cause I led a community coaching those habits for over a decade, a decade, right. Every week. Right. And what I found was that there's a whole level of habits that are underneath some of these traditional wisdom systems. And right now our habits are so freaking conventional that like, even Ayurvedic habits seem super countercultural. The primal habits to me was just a research journey. And my book on, is called Primal Habits, my latest book, and that's on, it's on amazon.com. I just took them out of Uninflamed, which is like the whole chronic inflammation and where, you know, if you have health issues to understand why the primal habits work, Uninflamed is like the mothership book of, of that. It's also on, on Amazon. So I, with my global community, went on basically like a research project you know, 300 scientific articles studied as applied to our lives. And like, where does, where does ancient wisdom intersect modern science intersect what we want to be doing each day. Now, the way you can control culture is by labeling what's taboo. Taboo says, okay, we don't associate with these kinds of people. We've been doing that forever. You create taboo, taboo creates disgust, and then you basically can control society. So that will lead to conventional habits that will make you sick. So the primal habits are like, okay, well, what happens when you don't care what's taboo and what's not? So first of all, we're going to end up in the taboo. So if that's okay, then you can read primal habits. If that's not okay, and you're like, no, I like to stay within the rule book, then uh, you're not, don't buy primal habits. Like get body thrive, get something a little more tame. <laughs> okay. So primal we'll habits. Then. So if, uh, I, I, if I can recap what I heard from you. Yeah. Society creates control, or we can control society by creating taboos. Taboos yep. create disgust. We associate those behaviors with disgust, and then we stay away from people who, yeah. who form those behaviors. And so that's a form, some form of control. And so these primal habits that you speak of, can you give examples of those and yeah. why we would want to be controlled away from them? Well, because you want to experience your design, your human design, right? Like you have the most, you have the the most evolved technology of anything that we know of. So you want to optimize for your design. 
So when 10,000 years ago, before agriculture, our brain sizes were 10% bigger. I didn't know that before I interviewed Dr. Mark Matson, who's done more intermittent fasting studies for the NIH than any other scientist, right? So we used to be smarter. It kind of sucks, right? But like our habits used to be <laughs> such that they drove cognitive function. And we've lost a lot of cognitive function with that 10% you know, brain decrease in the last 10,000 years since agriculture. So what's also happened is that we've lost 30% of our microbiome diversity, hmm. right? The, the microbiome is an organ. Okay. So it's like having like 30%, it's not even, it doesn't even translate to having like 30% less capacity with your lungs or your heart. It's way, way worse than that because the microbiome controls every endocrine function, hmm. right? So you're just like, everything is systems down. So when we look at the primal habits, they're gross. They're like, literally, we've been trained to, to disgust with them. So things like eat dirty, like what is eat dirty? Well, how do you get the microbiome back to functionality? There's two main strategies outlined in primal habits, and these are the ones that are the most disgust triggered. So one of them is like, people are, have been programmed into sanitation, right? Like put the alcohol on your hands, kill your microbiome, social distance, don't get too close to people. When we know that we actually have, like our microbiome is a shared entity, it's communal and it's ecosystem driven. So the more connection you have to your community and your ecosystem, the more you like pet your dog and pick your nose, the healthier your microbiome is, like literally, right? And so humans used to mix their hands into soil. They used to mix compost with their hands into soil and then pick their nose and they were healthier. Their microbiome was healthier. Right, and that drove healthy endocrine function, healthy fat tissue, healthy muscle tissue, blah, 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 healthy brain function, no Alzheimer's, et cetera. So with that, it's like, how do we get, basically, how do we get microbes back into our system? Now, cow dung juice is what the ancients used to use. So they take cow dung, they'd mix it into water, then they'd cook it to kill some of the, like, the most pernicious viruses, and then they'd swish with it so that their orolome, the oral microbiome, would have diversity in it. So that's like one of the ones, it's like kind of surprising, right? But people who are into, if you're into CrossFit, you're into primal movement, you're into intermittent fasting, like good, good, good. You're into cryotherapy, good. Those are all in there. Those are the good, like sweet. But those are honestly like, they're gonna get you part of the way. But until you dive deep into building your microbiome and you're not gonna do it with 20 new supplements. Like that's not how nature works, right? There's 400 bacteria in cow shit. There's tens of thousands of viruses. That's the virome that's in cow shit. So then the other big chunk in primal habits that totally freaks people out is urine therapy. Hmm. So like what's urine therapy? It's that your urine, right? It's already been in your blood plasma, right? So it's your, it's the ultra filtered blood plasma. It turns into medicine. The Buddha used it. Hippocrates used it. Even Madonna today. You can like search you guys on YouTube, Madonna urine, and you'll see here she is. She's drinking a cup of her urine. Wow. Right. So, yeah. Right. So what happens when you put that on the skin? Well, there's a 1970 study on skin cancer in urea, synthetic urea, not even the urea you're producing in your own body. Three year study, 90 percent efficacy, urea topically applied. It was the last study done on urea and skin cancer. Mm. And there's there's so much that uh, we have used to do that we have forgotten because of either a form of societal control or taboo or just kind of an advancement in technology has has led to that it's just fascinating everything that you've said because yeah the first the first thing that's triggered in me when you're saying all those things is like oh gross cow dung yeah, dude. that sounds horrible you know yeah. but 
Uh, yeah. And, but you and know, I'm, it doesn't taste bad. That's the funny thing. You know, and, it actually and I'm probably never going to know that. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> well, that's the, yeah, 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 totally. It, so it reminds me there's a, there's an episode, uh, there's a, there's a mini series with Chris, Chris Hemsworth. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, he's trying to uh, become immortal. Like he's trying to like elongate his life and create longevity. And so each episode covers these different topics. And the episode that I remember was about memory. And uh, just back to what you're saying, we lost, you know, our brains are smaller now than they were. One reason for that is because we don't, you know, aside from this microbiome and, and all of the things that we don't have to process anymore because of sanitization, we don't have to think about how we get from point A to point B. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to use that part of our brain anymore because we have computers that'll do it for us. And one of the uh, one of the uh, main points of that episode was it could lead to uh, brain cognitive dysfunction, Alzheimer's. It's like like just trying to figure out how to get through the woods without a map, without a GPS forces your brain to work where like our ancestors had to do that every day. We don't even have to do it to get to the 7-Eleven down the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we've been dumbed down. We're increasingly dumbed down. Yeah. I mean, some of us. A smaller percentage is pulling ahead by leaps and bounds. And those are the people who are like, okay, I need to transcend culture. So who else is doing this stuff with, you know? And what we find in Club Thrive, which is where people do primal habits, is like people start off, they're not into you know the whole like what what we just went to is like the deep end of the pool right they start off in the kiddie pool with like cryotherapy intermittent fasting that sort of stuff but then when they get serious about like wait how do i how do i completely rebuild my microbiome how do i become immune resistant so that any new virus that comes along i'm not i'm first of all i'm not worried i'm not worried you know the dogs didn't get sick during covid they got covid they didn't get sick yeah that's yeah that's interesting and so tell us a little bit more about club thrive and and uh, some of the different things that you work on? Well, Club Thrive's got two main components. It's primal habits, for for one. It's like, okay, we're going to wake you up to your own primal energy. We're going to, like, uncover the innate design and get you situated in yourself, like your higher self, your present self, but also your human technology. So say you have health issues, say you have weight to lose, say you have whatever, blah, you wake up, you're a little blah, or just say you don't know the direction that you're going next. Like the primal habits will just clean that up. It'll just clean all that up fast, right? They work really fast. And when you have a group of people doing the same thing, I'm sure you know this in your community. It's like if you a group of people doing the same thing, speaking the same language, right? Same values, aiming for the same targets, it happens 10 times faster. It's not even funny, right? That's right. And so the network inside of it is like, what's normal in there is primal habits. The second thing, once people are like awake enough and, and seated in themselves, there's a word in Ayurveda, there's Sanskrit that's super helpful. It's called svastha. Sva is self. Sta is seated. So you're seated in yourself. You're seated in your awake technology. Like you're ready to go. You're focused and you know what you're trying to become next. That's your map, right? I want to go there. I want to end up there. Then we do life design strategy and we use like the best of business strategy as applied to you. Some people in terms of the you, they might be an entrepreneur, they might be a small business owner, they might be a team leader, they might be, they might like my family, we have a family business. 
um, where we use the same design strategy for revenue growth just between me and my husband and my daughter. So there's a lot of variations of how people then apply the life design strategy. People usually start out just with themselves and like, I think, you know, to where your company intersects, it's like, how do I hit a goal? How do I determine it's the right goal, right? And then how do I hit it? And that's a lot of what we do in that second part. Awesome. And, and where can we go to learn more about that? Yeah, clubthrive.global. That's really the best, best place to start. Yeah. Excellent. And and I know and, you have yeah, I know you have several books out there. If, yeah. if if my if my audience who's just kind of getting tuned into you and and your world and what you represent, if we had to choose one to really start with, which one would you recommend? Well, I mean, I think because we've been talking about primal habits, the people are going to be most interested in that. Um, it's interesting too with uh you know, just looking at what are the habits that we had before agriculture, you know, people that are just curious about about that, because there's a lot right now on like, you know, I see atomic habits. I've had James on the podcast a few times. Uh, I wrote a, another book on habits called Body Thrive, which is the habits from the yogis, you know, like when the yogis codified the system. But I honestly think, Josh, that like right now people just want to actually know, like, what is the fastest path to being to me being more me? Like me being a hundred percent, like who am I when you strip away all this conventional, you know, I've been trained to hold certain things in disgust that like, I don't even know how much programming I have when, who am I without all the programming? Just start with primal habits. Wow. I, yeah, that's, that's great. I, it's, it's super deep. It's much, much further past the atomic habits and into the primal habits. I love that. So uh, for those of you who are uh, looking to learn more about this, I uh, recommend you can check out Primal Habits. Can we get that on Amazon? Yeah, you bet. Okay. Go to Amazon and, and get Primal Habits. I know that's something that I definitely want to check out. We're going to wrap up from here. Thank you so much to our guest, Kate Stillman, for coming on here and sharing some wisdom, primal wisdom about how she gets stuff done. For those of you who are looking to learn more and join her community, you can go to clubthrive.com global. If you listen to us on your morning commute or during your workout or out in the field, be sure to snap a selfie and tag me at JT literally. Tell me what you do in the do zone. Also, if you're ready to break that seven-figure barrier with your business, but you know what got you here, ain't going to get you there. We can help. Go to imfactor1.com now and let's see how much impact we can make in less than six minutes. Know this, you are factor one for your own success. Now let's get to work. If you're a small business doing at least six figures and you're trying to level up, but you keep getting smacked down, pay attention. There are outside forces at play that you're almost certainly not aware of. No, I'm not talking about the president, the economy, the Federal Reserve, or inflation. I'm also not talking about your industry, your competition, or current market conditions. I'm talking about you. There are invisible forces that are keeping you from breaking through to the next barrier in your business. That's why you keep repeating the same cycle year after year. You think next time will be different, but what you don't realize is that you're running through a huge maze and your opponent has every turn memorized because your opponent built the maze. Until you get your hands on a map and come up with a plan of attack and execute it, you're just going to keep running circles over and over and you'll lose every time. You'll never find the exit without a plan. The good news is your opponent is predictable. Your opponent follows the rules. You can beat your opponent because you don't have to follow the rules. You see, you have free will. Your opponent is restricted to the rules of the game, but you can make your own rules. 
you just got to have a plan. And in order to get a plan, you first have to take responsibility for putting yourself in that maze without a map to begin with, because you are factor one for your own success. Your opponent is your comfort zone. If you're ready to stop running circles in the same circuit year after year and finally break free from the maze, join factor one. We are a unique development program for six-figure entrepreneurs. We'll airdrop into your exact location of the maze with a paper and pen, and we'll help you draw a clean map to the exit using our bird's eye view. We'll also arm you with the tools you need to defend yourself properly, and we'll walk with you shoulder to shoulder to make sure you get out safely this time. We don't leave anybody behind that doesn't want to be left there. Join us. Go to imfactor1.com right now, and let's talk about getting you out of that maze once and for all.